Welcome to the Muscles and Veggies Fitness Podcast. This is where you get nutrition, health, fitness, performance, lifestyle, all perfectly packaged together in a bite-sized podcast to help educate and motivate you to stay on your fitness journey. Today we are talking about two important tools to manage your blood sugar. I could argue that the two biggest levers for losing fat are these two things. Number one, the obvious, uh, eat less calories than you take in. Or I'm sorry, eat less calories than you um, utilize in a day's span. So in other words, a caloric deficit. But the number two, I would say is equally as important, if not more important, managing your blood sugar. So we're gonna talk about two tools that I give to clients on a regular basis to help them manage their blood sugar. Number one, we call this the 12-3. The 12-3 rule is this. Um, you literally don't eat for 12 hours of the day, at least. Uh, so you're going to in intermittent fast or make your caloric window only 12 hours long or less. And then three stands for we, we stop eating any calories three hours before bed. So if your bedtime is 10, that would be 7 o'clock. If your bedtime is 11, that would be 8 o'clock. So let's break these two tools down. Number one, we're talking about intermittent fasting. If you can make your uh, intermittent fasting window shorter than your feasting, or I'm sorry, longer than your feasting window, what you do is you set yourself up for proper blood sugar regulation. If we're constantly taking in calories, specifically carbohydrates, uh, throughout the day, we are stimulating our blood sugar response. That in turn stimulates insulin. Insulin uh, is the fat storage hormone. It is the anabolic hormone. So we are in a growth stage when we are stimulating insulin. Now, the, the two things that, uh, the, actually the main thing that this two tools does is it optimizes your blood sugar, which optimizes your insulin. If we can optimize your insulin, we can really set ourselves up to lose fat this is why the keto diet has worked so well for such a long period of time, um, and it remains to work well. However, uh, I don't advocate the ketogenic diet for a long period of time. I advocate it in short spurts to optimize insulin sensitivity and then get back to the colors of the rainbow uh, and all of our wonderful fruits and vegetables and carbohydrate sources um, that do our body so well because of all the micronutrients that are packed in these things. So I'm not one of those like advocates of, you know, like eliminating carbohydrates or anything like that. Now I do advocate that, that we really, really, really minimize uh, processed carbohydrates, you know, breads, pastas, chips, crackers, pastries, sugar, you know, things like that. Um, because they have such a large response on our blood sugar. So if we're really focused on insulin sensitivity, then we're really focused on these two rules. Um, and let's, let's break down the first one. Uh, when it comes to intermittent fasting, I, I find that it's most easy for me, and I can only speak for me, that my feasting window starts later in the morning and ends you know, three to four hours before bed. So for me, that's usually about 10 o'clock to six o'clock. Um, I, I eat in an eight hour window, which means I fast in a 16 hour window. Okay. 
Um, sometimes that deviates a little bit less. So sometimes I go till noon. Sometimes I have my protein smoothie at like 9.30, 9 o'clock. So it just kind of varies, but it kind of averages on a daily basis about a 16 hour intermittent fast. And the reason why, because I've found that I can really maintain my body fat percentage by utilizing this approach. The other thing I've noticed, and this is one thing I really wanted to touch on, is that when I continually um, optimize insulin uh, and really make that a focus, I, I don't have this afternoon crash that I used to have. And so as soon as I start to feel like an energy lull in the afternoon, like, oh boy, here's that feeling about 2, 2.30, um, that's a good sign to me that it may be time to start doing a little bit more um, less carbohydrate and optimizing insul insulin sensitivity. And we're going to talk about a really good way to do that uh, at the end of this podcast. So that's, how, that's what works for me. I advocate that everybody kind of figure out what works for them when it comes to um, eating in, a, in less than a 12-hour window. Um, but this just makes sense. I mean, if we look at a, a broad population across the board, if everyone would, would fast for longer than they feast in a 24-hour period, don't you think that we would really get a stronghold on the obesity epidemic and diabetes and things like that? Uh, because, you know, and I, in one of my other podcasts I talked about in the 1970s, there was a big shift that happened. And when we started staying up later because of entertainment, television, uh, electronics, things like that, we started eating later. And therefore our fasting window became shorter and shorter because as people used to go to bed on the farm by, you know, dark, you know, six, seven o'clock probably in the winter and nine o'clock in the summer, um, we started staying up later and therefore we eat later. And We've seen obesity skyrocket since the 60s and 70s when television, electronics, computers, things like that were entered into our society. So that's just a, a correlation, not causation, but um, I think it's interesting nonetheless. And so, uh, you know, pulling this lever of intermittent fasting with clients um, really, really has worked well for me in the last decade of training. Now, the other thing is stopping eating three hours before bed. Um, and I'm just going to break this down really simply. Just think about it this way. We burn the majority of our fat when we sleep. That means, let's, let me ask you, why do you think we burn the majority of our fat when we sleep? What do you think? Well, if you guessed because we're fasting, you're correct. We're not eating when we're sleeping. Therefore, our blood sugar drops to a nice baseline level and when insulin is low because our blood sugar is low, guess what's upregulated? Well, it's called glucagon. And glucagon is what pulls fat out of the cell. So you can think of it this way. When insulin is high, glucagon is low. When glucagon is high, insulin is low. They're completely inverse. So we're either storing fat uh, or we're burning fat based on glucagon. glucagon. So really simply put, um, if we eat all the way up till bed, guess what we're stimulating? Insulin, which puts off our glucagon window later in the evening. Whereas if we stop eating three or four hours before bed, quit eating by six or seven o'clock, then we enter into high glucagon earlier in the night, which means we burn more fat at night. It's literally that simple. 
So the 12-3 rule can really be summarized by this. Um, we're making sure that we're fasting longer than we're feasting in a 24-hour period. And we're making sure that we stop eating at least three hours before bed. And that will really optimize our blood sugar. Therefore, keeping our insulin low. Therefore, keeping our glucagon high. And I find this is a really easy way for me um, to maintain an optimal uh, body composition. But I've also seen it work really, really well for people that are trying to lose weight, uh, that literally they're not changing any foods or anything like that. They're just implementing the 12-3 and their calories are staying the same, but yet they're losing body fat just from optimizing insulin and glucagon. Now, the second tool that I really wanna talk about besides the 12-3 is this. If we're focused on managing blood sugar, and we're focused on keeping our insulin in check. We're eliminating that afternoon crash. We're making sure our energy is optimized, but we also wanna make sure that we're burning body fat. A great tool to use, especially if you're a person who um, has tried the keto diet and it doesn't really work for you, uh, you don't feel the best. I don't advocate women the week before their period do keto because carbohydrates is such a, um, it's an important thing before the premenstrual period or during the premenstrual period when women are about to have their cycle. So one of the best ways to do this, if you're really focused on um, optimizing insulin, but you don't exactly want to do keto is this. I call it keto till five. All right. So what we're going to do is we're going to, we used to do this back in bodybuilding days and it was called carb backloading. So all day long, you're basically eating a keto-ish diet, um, protein and fat, and you're really minimizing carbohydrates. Uh, things like nuts are okay. A small handful of berries maybe. A salad is okay if it doesn't have a lot of carbs in it. Uh, but then at night, after five o'clock, when you're gonna have your dinner, that's when you would add in maybe some sweet potato, maybe some rice. Um, and, and there's two things that this does. Number one, it really optimizes your blood sugar throughout the day, keeping your insulin low and keeping you more insulin sensitive because the more our insulin is chronically elevated, the less sensitive we are to the effect, which means our body will actually produce more and more and more of it. This is why people who are diabetic uh, have to eventually take insulin because their body has has actually been so desensitized to insulin and their pancreas has made so much of it that now their body's not utilizing it correctly and they need to have injections of insulin uh, as a type 2 diabetic just to make sure that they're absorbing their nutrients and their blood sugar is coming down and not hanging around a three to 500 level or something crazy like that. So my point is this, uh, optimizing insulin all day long by staying low carbohydrate and then eating your carbs at dinner actually helps us sleep better as well. And here's why carbohydrates actually aid in the production of 5-HTP or serotonin. And serotonin therefore converts to melatonin, which makes us sleep better at the end of the day. So I have found really to optimize my sleep um, that carbohydrates later in the day really, really help me with that. The next thing it does is it, it replenishes my carbohydrates for all the activity that I need to do tomorrow when I'm not eating carbohydrates. So when you refill your glycogen stores, guess what we're doing all day long eating low carb? We're burning through our glycogen that we ate the night before. So if this is complicated and you're like, man, this is way over my head, just keep it really simple, focus on this. 
I'm going to optimize my blood sugar by staying low carb all day long. At dinner is where I'm going to add in my starchy carbohydrate sources like sweet potato, rice, quinoa, um, maybe a piece of fruit, you know, something like that. And then uh, start to cycle all over again. I stop eating three hours before bed. I get this nice fasting window in. Um, but all of these combined together, the 12-3 and keto before 5, both really do a good job of optimizing blood sugar and insulin and making sure that you're in a, a good state of fat burning performance. Listen, if you like what you're hearing on this podcast, if you're learning from this, uh, you've implemented anything that you've learned, please do me a favor, leave me a review on Google, go to Muscles and Veggies Fitness on Google Places, leave me a review. Uh, you can also leave me a review on any player that you're listening to right now, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Podcast Addict, Spotify. Uh, doing so helps other people find me and it shows your appreciation for the time that I put into this. So I really appreciate you. I hope that you can take away something from today's tools to optimize blood sugar. Again, that's the 12-3, now that you know what that is, and then keto before 5. Listen, I appreciate your time in this. Hope you have a wonderful day. See you next time on the Muscles and Veggies Fitness Podcast.